Okay. So a good Erev Rish Chodesh. We are concluding Chapter 7 today. So what we were saying yesterday was that from the 10 creative utterances, with which the worlds, all the worlds, the spiritual world, the physical world, all come to being through a series of substitutions and transpositions, their power, the energy in each letter gets less and less. And thus, we can even create us, a finite reality. The Rebbe says that, continuing today, that the numerical value of the letters, of the words, with or without the substitutions and the transpositions, are showing us the progressive diminishment of the life force of God that these words are expressing. And when we keep on transposing and diminishing and from numerical calculation to numerical calculation, we get a very, very, very small amount, a very, very small amount, which again, based on the sum of the word, it's showing the progressive descent and the constant diminishment of this life force. And this life force is so small so that we can, God can, create realities that are so minimal in their life energies. For example, inanimate things like a stone or dust. How much life does a stone have? But it has some because it exists. It has very little. It's completely inanimate. It has no growth, no life to it. So imagine how godliness has to be so, so, so minimized to become a stone. Now let's look at the word stone. So the true name of something is its name in Lashon HaKodesh, in the Holy Tongue. So in the Holy Tongue, the name for stone is Evan. Not that there's the word Evan in the ten utterances, but through the transposition of the letters and the substitutions and the transpositions and the substitutions, we come to an Evan. Now, Evan actually means something very powerful. Evan has one of God's very powerful names, Ban. If you can think of the word Evan in your head, there's an Aleph, a Vez, and a Nun. The second and third letter, the Vez and the Nun, form the word Ban. Van is one of the four different names derived from God's essence name, the Yudke Vavke, what we call the Havaya. And we derive these four different names if we take the word Havaya, which has four letters, a Yud and a He and a Vav and a He, and we spell them out, meaning Yud is Yud Vav Dalit. Vav is Vav Alavav, or maybe it's Vav Vav. He is He Yud or it's hey Aleph, or it's hey hey, or it's hey Aleph hey. So there are very different ways. I'm not making this up. I wasn't like, hey, what do I think? This is all how Kabbalah explains it. There are very different ways. The Yud is always the same. Yud is Yud Vav Dalit. does not change. But Hey's and Vav's have options. Are you adding a Yud? Are you adding an Aleph? Are you not adding anything? Is it just the double letter itself? Is it not a double letter? So all those varying options of spelling the hey and the Vav create different numerical values for the name Havaya. Again, the Yud, K, Vav, K, Yud, and then a He, and then a Vav, and then a He, if I just add it simply, it's 26. 
So that's the basic numerical value of the name Havaya. But when I spell it out, it becomes much more. One option is 45, ma, 52, ban, 63, sag, 72, av. You can say, I can make up new ones. But it's not what we're making up. This is how Kabbalah explains these are the four ways this name can be spelled out. So, getting back to what we're talking about here, Evan, the second and third letters, is the name Ban, which is a very high godly name. It's one of these four names of Havaya, and it's a more powerful name than Ma because it has a higher numerical value. It's 52. So, Ban is creating a stone from Ban, from such a powerful name, we have a stone. Well, its origin energy is the name Ban, but through many, many numerous and powerful contractions, degree upon degree upon degree, it could descend a life force so diminished it can close itself in a stone. And this is what's giving it length. And we need this. We need these transpositions and substitutions and numerical values because that's, again, how we're creating finite life. Now, really obviously, simultaneously, we have both energies of God in, in creation. Then we would, in a sense, almost be having the same original philosophical problem we discussed earlier in this chapter, which is symptom kipchusho, which is looking at constriction as if God truly is not here, or as we're saying in this chapter, it sounds God's here in an incredibly minimized way. So minimized that from the name Ban can come a stone? From Ban can come a stone? I mean, if Ban's creating a stone, that's a really, really, really small reality of Ban. Oh my gosh, we're, 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 that's so small. How could it be so, so, so small? So actually, we have two forces happening simultaneously in creation. On one hand, we have, as we're explaining in this chapter, a tremendous, tremendous constriction of God to the degree that from the origin point of Ban, there could be a stone. At the same time, simultaneously, God in his entirety, in his essence, is here. In other words, the reality of a creation, for a creation to exist as a limited, finite creation, we need tremendous constriction. We need those divine utterances to be so transposed and transposed and transposed and transposed to get something so small example, that from the name Van could come a stone. But at the same time, every created being is bound up with the very essence of God. Because we are saying that there's no place devoid of God. Every place where God is found, his essence of being is found. So on one hand, creation is coming from this enormous constriction. Simultaneously, every created being is bound up with God's very essence, which is completely transcends the world and yet at the same time is actually within the world 
because it's linked to every creation in the world. And this is very significant because on one hand, we need the constriction because through the constriction, we have physicality. We have a finite reality. But at the same time, we need the essence of God because we need him to be here and we really need for us to be able to perceive that he is here, to perceive that the essence of our existence is godliness, we wouldn't be able to grasp that if the only godliness found was in such a minimized form. For us to truly sense, for us to intuit that God is here, he actually really needs to be here in his essence and being. So we have both. Constriction for the finiteness and God's essence for our ability to actually uncover God in this world. Any questions, please unmute yourself, star six. Okay, 